0: Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast as we continue with our Summer of CPD series. As a stationary lover, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous about recording this episode, not to mention a little bit sceptical as I honestly don't know whether I could cope without paper. However, after speaking to Johnny Coates, I actually think it's doable. He returns to the podcast to talk about why schools should become paperless, where to start, how to do it, and why you should pay as much attention to your staff as you do your systems. Have a listen and let me know what you think. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Johnny Coates. Regular listeners will remember Johnny from episode 13, where he spoke about making the move from primary to secondary. You can find a link to that episode plus more about Johnny in the show notes. But as a quick refresher, or for those who don't know anything about him, Johnny is a Director of Business and Finance and also works as Capital Projects Coordinator across the Eden Learning Trust Mat as part of his wider trust role. He comes from a financial services background but has been working in the education sector since 2010. Johnny is joining me today to talk about going paperless, a hot topic with SBLs at the minute, I know. Welcome, Johnny.
1: Hi, Laura. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. And this is a big topic. It's a hot topic and we're coming at this today, aren't we, from a kind of standing still point, isn't it? You know, you're looking at going paperless. You don't know where to start. No. Yeah. I suppose the first question to ask you is, where did you start? How did you start on this journey and go through this process?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was around about um, two years ago. that just looked at it kind of an from an admin side, um, lots and lots of paper everywhere. And all of the stuff that we do as a school business leader, I think, Sort of you know that there is a, probably a better way of doing it over time and you, you learn that over time so I've been in the role for you know for a number of years and I have sort of developed small pieces of technology along the way and I've added a few things into the um, sort of into the work practices but in terms of where I started for the current school I'm at you know I, I felt that like there was there was improvements that could be made um there was a, a massive data protection sort of thing that came out a couple of years ago and and you know, there was no clear desk policy in the school. So there was a lot of paperwork out all of the time. And I just found that a little bit sort of a little bit worrying from a data security mm-hmm. point of view. So, you know, uh, we started basically with, um, with the admin side. We then moved on to um, the facility side. So they now have systems, facilities and IT have a, have a ticketing system. Um, staff no longer have paper messages. You know, it goes through email, it goes through different systems. But it's just around like, looking at what you've currently got. Is that, is that right? You know, it, Could it be improved further? And I, I just found that there was a lot of time sort of wasted, not only having the paper, obviously, and all of that stuff, then try, it's trying to find the piece of paper that you need. Um, I was notorious a few years ago for losing Post-it notes because people would leave them all over my desk, and they would just, you know, cleaners would come in, I would be in the next day, I'd be in and out, and they would go missing. So for me, it was more kind of, you know, there's got to be a better solution to this than having all of the paper lying around, basically.
0: So you said you started with the admin team. So obviously you're personally paperless, aren't you? And you expanded yeah. that into your team. You know, did you do it first and then say, right, you know, this is what I found. Yeah. Let's get going. Or did you start yeah. with the admin team and then work your way back?
1: No, no, I started. So basically, everything that I do, um, it's kind of it, wherever possible, I try and try and you know refrain from having paper. So what I actually did was I used to have notepads. Um, so five six years ago, I used to I used to have various different notepads for different things, and I would collect those over the over the years really because it'd be almost like a, you know a bible of stuff that I would I would refer back to. Mm-hmm. But then I started doing a lot more work a bit more flexibly, so I'd be working at home sometimes on an evening, um, and and I, I realized I didn't have things that I needed because they're all at, at work or in a cupboard somewhere. Um, so I started basically compiling things on sort of a an ecosystem that I chose, which, which basically means that all of the notes that I take are now um, electronic. I link so all documents are stored in the cloud. I link that back to the finance, to HR, premises, you know, IT, admin, all of those things then sort of evolve because what I was then getting was a hybrid of, well I keep everything that I've got and put in a virtual cloud system. But I was being given things, it's still in paper form. So What we started doing very basic thing we started doing was you know any messages that come through the admin team would email those to staff rather than you know pieces of paper and in the old ducats and things and staff rooms those type of things don't yeah. no longer exist here so yeah I mean, it was a big push for me because like say, I used to have I used to have all of the um all the files and and things and, and notepads but i what I actually did done was stop sort of having lots of pens in the office and lots of paper I don't have a printer so I basically first of all I got rid of the printer and then I got rid of the notepads and I got rid of the you know the various pens. And then I only have one pen in the office as a rule, which is if somebody needs something signed or I need to write something down, I've got a pen. But it was a big shift for me because for you know previously the whole of my working career I've always I've always sort of done things with paper and pens and um and post-it notes, which you know didn't didn't work really when you start getting at the the nitty-gritty of the job and, and things go missing. So yeah, started with me. And then I went sort of to the admin team and we had, we had sort of various conversations around, around what, we, what it would mean, actually, and what it would look like. Uh, that evolved into systems for parental engagement and communication with parents and other stakeholders and governors as well. And it sort of evolved as we've grown as a, as a school and, and joined a mat. Um, those type of things, because now it's a lot more remote work and actually we did it at a good time because we're last year particularly during the COVID lockdowns, we were a little bit sort of further ahead than some of the other schools in the Trust.
0: Just listening to you talking, I can imagine there are lots of school business leaders listening to this who, like me, are big fans of stationery and are having panic Mm. attacks at the thought of not having a nice notepad. Um, Did you do it cold turkey though? Because you said, I got rid of the printer, you know, you got Mm -hmm. rid of the notepads. How how quickly did you do that? Or did you just literally say, from tomorrow, that's it?
1: I did it from September. So I, I went to the end of the year. And what I started doing was, you know, at the end of the year where everybody has piles of stuff that needs to be sorted and treaded and put into confidential waste bins and things like that. And I just said, look, this is, this is ridiculous how much stuff I've got here. We're just sort of about to convert to an academy. And, and I wanted to almost use that as a, as a thing because, you know, is an initiative really because I wanted to do things in a different way. I've always thought that it can be, you know, there's a lot of wasted time in schools. And from various different, you know, different people doing different things in different ways. Nobody does things the same way, which we know. Um, mm-hmm. but I've always found that the one of the big things is is cashless. So in the primary school I used to work at, we went cashless for one year and that was cold turkey. And it was just, you know, we no longer accept cash. Parents didn't know what to do because they'd never ever sort of carried cards with them to school. But the shops sort of get you get used to it because they've got mobile phones, or they've got have got other ways like PayPoint and other things that you can actually use in, in shops and things. But in terms of um, in terms of me, it was just literally started. out. I didn't go and buy anything for that, that summer, really, and, and just started in the September. So I, I basically went to meetings with a I've got a MacBook, I went with that, or or an iPad or a phone, because I, what I didn't what I done was sort of chose an ecosystem where I could be flexible no matter where I am. Um, I can have everything at, at, at sort of at fingertips, really ready to go as soon as, as soon as needed, and I can access everything wherever I like, whenever I like. So that's what I did. And it was a big shift because I was still getting people bringing things into the office and paper, and I said, you know, I had to basically say to them that you know I don't, I don't keep paper anymore, so can you scan that in and can you, you email that across or can you store it in one of the various departments? We've got a, a Google Drive, uh, we've got a shared area, different departments on there, you know, if it's, if it's admin, HR, finance, whatever it is, can you store it there instead? And that that works really, really well because um everyone's in the same sort of mentality now, no matter what it is, you know if there's if there's a document that's needed, we all know where to look for them because they're in departments, they're in sort of some sort of order. Um, but yeah, very much cold turkey and, and it was quite hard to get you know to begin with. it was it was about six weeks before I really got to grips with what I was doing, but then I wouldn't I say i never really looked back since then.
0: I'm just thinking how you you spoke about that as well. It was, like you were the catalyst for it. You were like, right, it's got to start with me. So I am going to, you know, have to lead by example and do this first. And by default, it then has to, it forces through everybody else to start making those changes, even small changes, like you say, instead of bringing you a piece of paper, just scanning in a document. So it starts that culture shift, doesn't it? Because it's easy to think with going paperless. It's just, we'll buy a system, we'll put it in and that's it, isn't it? But actually it's a Mm -hmm. culture shift. It's a, like you say, it's a way of working. It creates savings of time not just of money so how did you go about getting people on board you know maybe outside of your direct teams you know when you started introducing systems in a wider way
1: um well yeah you're right about the, the culture is the biggest thing that so usually the hardest thing to shift in a school is the culture um mm. particularly staff who have always done things in a certain way for a long time um and that's fine but you know things things evolve things move on and basically, what, what I what I sort of started with was, for example, the facilities and IT jobs. You would everyone knows the story. You're in the corridor, the caretaker's there, and they get stopped, and then they get asked to do three or four different things. They might do one because they remember that one, but they forget the other three or whatever. And, and then, you know, it's just not a very efficient way because people are finding the caretaker somewhere. They're going out to find somebody they need, rather than just communicating in a different way. So mm-hmm. what I, what we sort of did was, basically, this this is where. Started so in September, it was a case of, of having briefings with staff and saying, "Right, we are going to move to put a totally different system for facilities and IT. Um, the caretaking staff, they, so the, the site team, had to use um, a digital system for the first time in their life as well. So they used to just having lists, having having folders with um, you know, checking along, along uh, call points, recording temperatures for Legionella, and, and all the sort of compliance and maintenance sort of aspects of their role were all done on paper." So we just said there are no more files. Everything's been set up for you on this uh, on the system. This is how you access it. We gave them a work mobile, and they you know they absolutely were just how do we use this? And it was a little bit of a shock to the system. But what we did was we supported them through the process and just said it's fine. You know it'll take time to get used to it. But they just started using emails. They just started using um, different apps on their phone for other things, for so school meals or whatever it is they wanted to buy themselves mm-hmm. something in school. And it was just an extension of that really because um saying, you know this is this is probably what you're doing in your own life you know you, you don't tend to use paper and stuff at home me you, you do use your own phones and you've got all these apps and I said just an extension of that so we got there buy and really because what we said to staff was if you don't log something on the system and you want that you know some action to be taken whether it's an i t fault an issue um health and safety question query whatever it is if you don't log that on the system it won't get done if you tell somebody basically that. That means you haven't told anybody. So that was very, very key, I think, from the very beginning that we said we're not having a hybrid system. We're not gonna mm. do, you know, we'll write some things down and then we'll also do things on the system. It was no, you have to log it in this way. And yeah, I mean, you know, staff in schools are all very busy and we know that this is this is a change to their working practices, but what I asked for was just just to sort of to get their their buy-in so that we can show them how it can be done a lot better. And what we did was, we did after a term, we started presenting some data to them to show them what had actually happened over the over the previous three months, and and it was quite sort of powerful because we could actually sit in front of them and say, this is what's happened, this is how many issues are logged, this is the percentage of those issues that have been resolved. And a few of the staff actually said we had a bit of a sort of conversation afterwards, question and answer session, and they said, um, well, you know, I get an I get a notification now when that when that job's been done, when I, I know now instead of having to chase somebody up or find that person that, I, that I've logged an issue with. I get a response. Um so when we rolled it out things like policies. So we said, you know, everybody's responsible for um for reading certain number of policies and what you should have to do is sign those so that if offset come in they can see the keeping children safe and education policies being signed, your staff handbooks, you know, everything that you might possibly have issued to staff have to be recorded. So we then had a system where they read it and it actually reads it for them on the system and you know they they read the document and actually records that they've read it and that becomes your audit trail as well. So I think things started evolving. And in terms of in terms of sort of even from the admin point of view, you know we started changing the way that we did things over time. Really, it wasn't just a you know we will start with with everything. We started with, with small things and you know, like messages, and then parental communication. We stopped posting things out. We started using the system to do that, and all of the systems they now have are all electronic. And you know there are you know obviously nothing is ever perfect. You will sometimes have to use paper. You'll have to you'll have to you know bite the bullet and, and actually get that out if you need to, or print something off if you really have to. One of the one of the sort of biggest issues we have is we use a finance system, which demands that you actually print everything off and then scan it back in. So we're looking at a finance system that can take, eradicate that completely because it is it is really inefficient doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So things aren't always going to be perfect, but I think just having having the big drive from the outset, of we're going to just sort of it's going to encompass all of the business functions in the school, but also the the teaching staff can get on board. They are, they often have things they need resolving, so they then log things. We do it with purchase orders as well, so there's now not a, there's no forms basically. It's all done electronically, and you know the benefits. I feel the benefits to our school are that we are we're far more efficient doing it this way. Um, people have time; they've all got an order trail. It's at the fingertips instead of having to you know hunt through files um, to try and track something down. that they, they now know exactly where things should be, um, so I think it works quite well. But yeah, the engagement side is is the hardest. Um, the cultural shift has been phenomenal in our school we have really got on board with it all and and it, it's right across the whole the whole school so that's been really pleasing but it is it is different and it does take time so you have to invest time in order to to put things in place to then hopefully save your time in the long run
0: do your governors have access to these systems as well is it part of your governance structure
1: yeah so again we would we'd issue documents to governors usually the governor's meeting but. Go, I think over the last sort of, at least the last year, those have been held remotely. So they're now in document store where they, they access the governor papers. And then for policies that they need to review, there's a system where they, they review the policies on the system um, and they can, they can write changes back. Um, so, yeah, so they're part of it as well. You know, the, the whole virtual meetings as well with the head teacher and things have obviously changed due to COVID as well. You know, It's not just all about the going paperless element. There is that as well. But I think what we have noticed is there have been some strong benefits coming out of how we've been working. It isn't always perfect to have virtual meetings because I think it can sometimes make your day very, very intense. You know, you don't have the travelling time, mm-hmm. the breathing space, but there are a lot of benefits as well. On the other side, you know, being able to keep in touch with people like governors and senior management as well. We have meetings now virtually because we're based all over the school in different sort of zones and everybody can meet virtually. Um so that's what we have sort of Aim to do really was just to say that if there's, a, if there's another way of doing it through electronic means we'll try and do that and things just evolve over time you know teachers had to teach um, remotely and and uh, had to record themselves doing live lessons and things so everybody's kind of involved now I would say.
0: I was gonna say the pandemic has accelerated this potentially in some schools because we've had to find a way working remotely to communicate with each other and to show audit trails and and to do things remotely especially with finance like segregation of duties people Mm. accessing different things and and things like that so hopefully it will be something that we can keep and develop doing certain things virtually and electronically
1: i definitely think so i mean there are some things that i think are better face-to-face but and that could be maybe a a big governor's meeting or or a board meeting where you want you want to actually be face-to-face to get those interactions back but certainly committee meetings and and things like that where going to continue having those held uh, virtually probably going to continue with them um, with briefings and things for the sort of september term onwards really um remotely and you know just the pandemic's still here it's not going anywhere at this stage it's it's not going to be resolved you know by september so mm. yeah i think there are they're kind of almost almost a kind of uh, getting the balance right between what what things you can hold virtually what things you know that you, you continue to 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 run face to face when it, when it allows you know but um but in terms of the systems that we use the ones that we've already embedded into the school they they here to stay really for the long term mm-hmm. then you know there would definitely be no um mileage in going back to you know removing those those systems and replacing them with the things like pens and paper I think we've, we've made the leaps have made such massive progress um that we definitely wouldn't want to you know go through that so we've just we just brought in a new HR system which is again Another huge saving in terms of time because um, the basic things like leave of absence requests, um, annual leave, return to work, absence management, those type of things used to take up a lot of time in terms of paperwork and having to record mm-hmm. it and then get people to sign it and bring it back. And now it's you know it's it's, it's stored in a central central area where we can we can manage it from that. And that that's been a learning curve as well because what we actually found was all the paper records that we used to have weren't up to scratch necessarily. There were things from years ago that were missing, you know, identity mm. checks, DBS information not being correctly entered onto a, onto a spreadsheet and where is that spreadsheet, which is the current version. You know, there's, there's kind of all of that issue. The other thing for me is, is, a, is a real key one is, is data security as well because it's, you know, we if you, have lots of, if you have lots of paper files and lots of Excel sheets and lots of things going on, um, you could potentially lose lose that piece of paper, lose that vital information, whereas in a cloud-based system, the data is secure and it's protected and, and you, you know, there is always a backup of that as well if, if there is ever an issue. Um, as long as you've got the right system, you've checked that out from the outset that there is going to be um, adequate sort of security with that information. But you know, what we did find was actually by starting the process again, that was a hell of a lot of time put into actually developing the HR system. But the outcome now is that we've actually got a system that is really fit for the purpose. It records all of the correct information that's at our fingertips. There's no searching through files. If you come back to time wasted by looking through files and looking for something that could be somewhere that I might have put it there or I might have put it there or it might be in a store cupboard. It could be under, under the stages where you say where our store cupboard is. It'll, now there's no need for all that. It's, it's been scanned in. It's on a document record. It's there. And it's such a time saver. And I think until you kind of make the leap, all these small things are small things. I think, you know, they're kind of little sort of little snippets, but once you put it all together in one big sort of pie, basically everything kind of looks, if you add smaller pieces and then bigger pieces and then bigger pieces again, you end up with Mm -hmm. with a really good, solid sort of um, system or or set of systems so that you can actually, well, I've done this, this and this. What else do I now need to focus on? So it isn't just something that happens overnight. You can't just, you know, tomorrow turn on, a button that says we are paperless, you have to you have to start with sort of find out what you currently have, making that assessment on what can we what can we make sort of efficiencies with, can we make this paperless? What does that entail? You know, does it mean creating something, buying a system, developing your own? You know, there are lots of different options. Some cost money, some don't cost money. There's lots of different options there as well. Um, but yeah, it is just just around finding something that is, is that you think is going to be valuable and, and almost developing your own business case that you then present to to stakeholders in the school and say this is why I think we should do this and you know can we have your buy-in for us so yeah lots lots of different areas to focus on Laura,
0: just as we've been talking we've talked about going cashless we've talked about you know um, data security and data protection we've talked about time savings we've talked about efficiency of systems reducing you know the margin of error in terms of reducing potential of more human error so to speak yeah. you know we talked about policy management you know meeting papers the huge bundles you know just reducing all of that it's also i suppose something that sits across all of that is sustainability as well isn't it and we're talking about paperless and going paperless as part of a sustainability project it's just one strand of it obviously mm. but there are other benefits aren't they, in terms of efficiencies and cost savings and also what is yeah. good for the planet
1: yeah that's a big one at the minute isn't it obviously you know lots and lots of things are, are wasted and, and the plan suffers as a result and that's not just something that's going on now it's been going on for you know 50 60 years probably more um mm. you know start with things like pollution and then you get electric cars you know in order to try and mitigate that a little bit um then transport becomes instead of having you know big heavy diesel pollutant sort of the environment when you've got 30 40 buses going through city center there the change in that so that you can't go that way and you you know you, you've got to have electric or you've got to go a different route which means it you know, spreads it out and I think it's the same in in kind of in schools in terms of um in terms of the future I think sustainability is something that we look at. I think you know the school business leadership job uh, has evolved over over the last at least the last fifteen years um I've been you know eleven years in a school, and even in that time things have massively massively changed and the expectation levels you Know constantly increase, and I think the workload can potentially get a little bit out of hand if you're not careful as well. Um, mm-hmm. so you're always seeing people, and I'm um, you know very active on Twitter. You see people are really at the end of their tether where they, they literally have no time to breathe, and that's almost where it started in my head because I, w- I wanted to, to take more and more responsibility on, but I was already felt as I was working at maximum capacity in terms of time. And I thought, well, actually, if I can save time doing a few things differently um and, and actually you know free up a little bit more time it means I can take more responsibilities on but then I know that other things have been done a bit more effectively or efficiently. So there is a balance of be stuff, but um but in terms of the, the number of uh, sort of trees that get to cut down to, to then develop paper and stuff, there's there's a massive push on 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 sort of using recycled materials now and, and for us it's yeah, things like plastic in schools we're trying to trying to minimize um plastic. We don't sell plastic bottles, drinks. Um we sell aluminium cans, which can be crushed down and recycled far easier because different types of plastics in this area you know, are absolutely difficult. So I think it's a bigger picture sustainability. It's and I think definitely paperless Systems has got a way, um, you know, within that sustainability plan. It's definitely something that that we've thought about. Um, and actually, the, the the students, particularly the sort of year nine, sort of thirteen, fourteen year olds, they're actually thinking about it as well um yeah coming up saying well why do we do it this way why do we do that so one of the big things the school had in terms of technology was they use chromebooks um in school and they've kind of massively massively sort of changed almost the dynamics in a classroom a little bit there is still you know instead of textbooks we use we use other type of booklets which are which are printed as well but it's around looking at you know how what is the sort of the bottom line really where do we where do we go if we want if we want to reduce things and, and that's one of the things that they've been looking at so you know definitely more digital classroom technology for students as well as um, the business function as well so i think overall there's, there's kind of a big push in the industry for it um, but it is it is going to take time i think yeah it's not, maybe it's over the next five years i would say things might change significantly but um but we need to start making those strides now and almost accepting that you know there is there is better ways of doing things some of the colleagues I've, I've sort of spoke to about this over the, over the last sort of year, they've shared experiences of what they've done, what's worked and what hasn't. And that's the other thing as well, that everything that you try, it might not be the right solution. It might be, you know, you've got to tweak that or you've got to change something that you do. But that's fine because, you know, that, that's all part of evolving and all part of, all part of improving things. So That isn't just going to be right from day one. You have to spend the time and invest that time in order to to develop things in the long term, I think.
0: How did you work with staff who, you know, really struggle to let go of paper. And I say that because I was having this conversation with someone else recently and there's a psychological aspect, isn't there, of printing something off and having a hard copy. Yeah. You know, whether we whether we need it or not, there's something psychological about having that hard copy or you might read it differently, you know, when it's on a piece of paper in front of you than on your computer screen. You know, how do you get around that or help people who are struggling with that?
1: I think for me particularly it's around, around say, leading by example, this is what I do. And we think of the kind of the volume of stuff that and it, that I would potentially have printed off against what I now print off. I think they can see those sort of things. That's something that I'm quite passionate about. But in terms of um, in terms of people who, who particularly don't know how to use technology, what I would suggest that we would do as a school is is provide that internal support through through training through one-on-one sessions with uh, mm. with potentially an IT sort of team or with even someone like like me or somebody else in school who's who's using the system really well. And then the other thing is the we, we systems we've bought in over the over the years have always been supported fully through um, through training and and support. So we have sessions, we have regular refresher sessions on it, and kind of it develops like that. But in terms of somebody who who really doesn't want to get that like, go of paper, it is <laughs> a little bit brutal. But actually, I think the starting point could be taking a printer out of the immediate... I was
0: just going to say that. but <laughs> I've just got a vision
1: of you walking in and saying, yeah. right, there goes the printer. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, you know, I mean, that's, that's not, not quite, not, not too far off the mark, to be fair. We had about <laughs> about 35 printers across the school. And wow. we just replaced them with seven MFDs, so multifunction devices, which can print, photocopy, scan, email. Um, and we've spread those out in various locations across the site, and the site is huge. So we're across, you know, a couple of buildings across the way as well. So it's actually quite a big, big walking distance. And I think, you know, again, not necessarily as brutal as this, but it means, you know, if there's extra extra walking involved. Sometimes people just think, you know what, maybe I should learn how to, how to just save that instead of printing, because it is going to take me a little bit of time. When I get that photocopy, there's going to be lots of people there as well, so I'm going to have to queue up and, and some resistance
0: of, to it yeah, yeah.
1: And it's, <laughs> it, it is i mean it's one of the things it's a technique that that has worked for me personally but it's not to say that it works for everybody um and you know the other thing is that i do generally want to support the staff with this i want to make them feel like they own it as well so mm. um, you know the other aspect is that, that we actually support them through it and if we have got any concerns and any any real sort of anxieties we're trying to unravel them and find out well what is it that's causing anxiety is it lack of confidence in the system? Is it mm. potentially your own confidence in your ability to do something? Because we all can do stuff. We just need support and guidance and we need reassurance. Everybody does. So that's the other side of it as well. So it's, it's, it's around making that big, impactful change by removing something potentially from somebody's grasp, which is just at arm's length, and then saying, mm. like, the comfort blanket is that we're all here to support you. And and that's what's happened over the, over the last sort of couple of years is, is that people have actually found that they can do things because they now know, they're now more confident, they now know how to use something that they didn't. Need, you know they didn't know previously but we all we're all there to support each other and that's the, the culture that I try and embed really with all the teams is that you might not know the answer I might not know the answer somebody else will know the answer so you know we're all got we've all got to collaborate we've all got to communicate and that's something that we're really kind of big on really is you know things should not bubble up so that you just gets left and people feel worried about something if you just you know try and find the, the kind of the self-confidence or whatever however however they do that though you know everybody's different but that's something that is again all part of the cultural shift all part of them believing in themselves to be able to make that change
0: and like say it's all about change we keep saying this word change don't we it's a change management process and understanding like you say the various reasons why people don't you know necessarily take to the new systems it could be you know some people are more Comfortable with technology. Some people aren't comfortable with technology. Like you say, there could be a um, confidence issue. You know, it could be anything really. But the fact that you said you've taken the time and looked at all the different possibilities and put that support in, I think, is mm. a really important element to mention when we talk about going paperless. Because it just—it's easy to think, well, that's just we buy a system, which is the best system, we'll put it in. It's much mm. more than that, and I think you've put that across really well.
1: Yeah. No. Thank you. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's, it's a team game, really, and and, and the whole. The whole ethos of this school is that, is that everybody kind of is there to support. And ultimately, there will be there will be um, people who don't agree with something. So what we kind of do is we'll say, well, what what is it that you don't agree with? Well, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that, and it doesn't do that, right? Okay, so can we can we find a solution for that? Find a solution for something mm. rather than just say, oh, we'll not use it. Then we say, well, that's fine, mm. but we need to then look at an alternative for this and an alternative for that because you know whatever system somebody uses will probably be you know maybe it's 10 or 15 maybe it's even 20 percent of those systems are self-made systems that they they use because they didn't know something else existed once you start bringing things more in, in a sort of simple way so that everybody has access at the fingertips to all of the systems we've then got to let go a little bit of some of the things that they do um, yeah. and then and then put that time into some, something else so an example could be a data spreadsheet which, which somebody's always kind of just done it this way and they hold that data close themselves but then when somebody needs to share it they've got to share it rather than having it available on a, on a portal but you could move to a system like CISRA for example which which would then allow all stakeholders who need it, access to that system they would have it there and then and again that's it that's another thing around efficiency you're not constantly having to bother people all of the time once somebody's done one job that then needs to feed through right the way to the other side so they might do the the data input page but somebody might need to analyze that data later down the line and that process, mm. from start to finish, you should be entering the data once, and then let go. And that's kind of that's how I see it. Um, you don't want to constantly reinvent the wheel, constantly re, you know regurgitate information in various formats. You put it in once, that's done, and that's the end of it. And then that information then feeds its way through various systems, processes, whatever, in order to get everybody involved with or actually using it in the way that they need to. That's another key thing that we kind of learned over the over the time um you know might have to enter say staff information in one system could be a same system you've then got to enter that into a um, an it system order you to know, create an account Then you've got to then enter that into another system which is a, a multiple login system or whatever it is um and it mm. just it just you know there's got to be a better way of just actually doing something once and then going right that information's in, in the right place how do we bolt on things how do we link things how do the systems talk to each other uh, that's yeah. that's kind of almost the next level of it but um but things can be done if you you know if you look for something you will probably find a solution for it
0: i was going to say that is one of the questions i get asked is you know is there one system that will do everything And i think that is the answer isn't it no it isn't necessarily about having one system it's having the right systems for you in the first place but that also complement each other and and you know technology is advancing so much that you you often see you know integrates with x y and z Yeah, you know and it's understanding that isn't it which is a bigger discussion for another day but yeah it's not about one system does everything it's about how can we get systems that fit together
1: yeah absolutely there is definitely no one system that that will do everything that you want to do um and i say everybody wants to do different things in different ways as well so that's quite a hard hard ask to get something to do or everything but um but no in terms of sort of um looking at for an ecosystem point of view i mentioned that earlier on but um Mm from going from a notepad to having reminders written down and then, you know, various pieces of information all stored in files, I chose something that we're actually going um, to be held in one place so that you've always got access to all of your information whenever you need it. You can scan things to it. Um, you can write things down. You can actually get a, a pencil. If it's, if it's an Apple device, you can get an Apple pencil and you actually draw. So if you prefer writing, you can actually write it. And there's even something yeah. that then translates that into words for you. So there's there's lots of different ways of doing it, but by having it in the one system, it means that, you know, if I go home and, and there's something I need to do, I'm not advocating that you have to do work at home, but if, if say, there's, there's a closure the next day suddenly and you say, well, I need to get to school, but actually I can't because all my documents are on, on, on the desk or they're in a drawer somewhere. But if, you, if you've eradicated that and you've then got it available on your on your mobile device, your, your laptop or whatever it is there, I find that kind of the biggest benefit because you're not then panicking around having to do something that you can't get access to. You can actually make that happen remotely or as I say during the pandemic that's that's when the biggest mm. the biggest challenges hit everybody because lots of things couldn't actually happen in some schools. Whereas you know we didn't have everything perfect, but we actually had enough information to take away for us to then kind of work with that during those sort of first few months of if you haven't to work at home. And um, so that's that's one of the biggest benefits really is is having something in one place whenever you need it.
0: I think people listening might be wondering why we aren't talking about specific systems and that's deliberate isn't it we've said yeah. you know it's not about us saying this is your system or you know people can contact you Johnny obviously and ask you what you use and that's fine but we want to yeah. encourage people to look at their context and say well actually there's lots of products and software out there what is right for you you know yeah. like you were saying what works for us is not the same as what works for a school up the road you know
1: yeah Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of people have got their own views on, on what it is that they do and why they do it. And that's that's absolutely fine. You can then use that as your starting point to develop the system that, that works for you. Um, mm. And I have I have promoted some systems in the past, but actually, you know, there are other, I, I might have used the system for two years. There could be a better system out there now. So I'm always constantly looking at, at ways of improving the systems. And just because you've signed a contract for three years with somebody or, or whatever it is, doesn't mean that. You have to then stick with that one system and tell everybody to use that. You know there might yeah. be something new that comes out, and there's, there's a fantastic finance package out at the minute for multi academy trusts, which I would, you know, I would look at in the future because I don't feel do like my system currently it is great really. So, and that's something that we've inherited as, as an academy trust. All of the schools have to use a certain system, but if I can mm-hmm. demonstrate there is actually a better system out there because I've done the research, I've I spoken to colleagues across the sector, and, and you know, use use kind of those contracts to then build my own business case and present that to the board and say these are the reasons why I want to use this system. I think that's really important. Mm. So there's always different systems that you can use. But what you've got to kind of just be mindful of is, you know, what is it that you want to do. So I would always recommend that people actually make a sort of a, a three stage bullet point. So look at what you currently got, what is it you want to achieve and then go to market and say, well what what can actually what's out there. Yeah what can yeah. what can be achieved from my sort of criteria. What is available? What does that cost? And then it's cost, looking at the cost against the impact and whether that's actually going to save you time and money or not. And if, if the answer is no, then obviously you can make your own decisions on that basis. If it's yes, then great. If it can save money and save time, you know, fantastic.
0: So there's lots of products out there. There are new ones coming in all the time. They are, you know, the ones that are out there are evolving and developing. And like I say, I think we'll only see more of that over the next few years as more schools look to paperless systems, you know, yeah. developing their own ecosystems.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the case over there. I would say within sort of three to five years, um, there's going to be a massive sort of shift, really. And um, I think we've already started seeing sort of the starting point uh, of last year, really, of things, things evolving, where a lot more sort of even CPD training is now delivered online. And some people say it yeah. isn't as great, you know, but sometimes it actually can be really effective rather than having to go from where we are 300 miles down the road to, a course, on a train, staying overnight, you know, being there, being mm-hmm. quite tired and jaded and then having to come back the same day to actually do something online over two days, which then I think you get you get more out of that sometimes. Sometimes you don't, sometimes it's good to, to go and meet people and network, but you'll find the right balance between over the next couple of years what things are delivered virtually, which things are face-to-face, and kind of there'll be a hybrid model and I think that'll continue into in the long term. I don't think it'll just be the next three years, five like, years well, that'll be the long term. I think that'll be it. Now a lot of stuff will be will be it'll be digital content. Um and a lot of schools as well, in terms of um communicating with parents. Obviously, the younger generation of parents are very offair with technology, potentially the older generation mm-hmm. aren't, but as that kind of changes, as people sort of um develop their skills I think by having smartphones and different things I think that's going to change the way people perceive school communication people don't want to yeah. in my opinion don't want to receive a letter or a book through the post on their on their child's information they want something that they can you know just have a quick look at and and scan through things and electronic sign for forms for trips and things and for consent I think that's really really sort of big at the minute um, and it's definitely been the case for a couple of years that's only going to go one way now I think and it's same with cashless systems. Mm. I think they're, you know, cashless uh, not just in schools, but I think cash in society will, it'll, it'll, it'll sort of, it'll, it'll, disappear. And I think there'll be, you know, a lot of people using, using watches and phones to pay for things and cards. So um, yeah. it's just, it's just the way the world's going. I think and that's, uh, that's why I think it's good to be on the journey as a school and say, well, you know, this is part of the future. Technology is part of the future, and I think we should embrace it. Really
0: and the acceleration with the pandemic I think you know like things like flexible working as well these things were probably already on the horizon and were maybe happening at a slower rate and they've just yeah. got faster and people are like I say I think embracing it now in some ways they've had to and yeah. that kind of peak of that or well, that dip if you like of the change management process the case that people didn't like it but they've got used to it and they're like okay you know how can we do more how can we do it better how can we do it differently so yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see over the next few years how that accelerates probably even further and shifts again and how can sbls kind of be at the forefront of that for their schools
1: yeah i think it's something that they will be leading i think they'll be leading on that change sbls have got a key role to play in that in that process and it is it is a confidence thing you know it's, it's around um, making sure that people people are comfortable with what they're doing and, and that they're actually going to there's going to be benefits from doing something there's not there's not always a solution straight away you know things do take time mm. But the pace, as I say, the pace in which things have actually accelerated over the last sort of 18 months, um, it's been quite rapid. And, and there's lots of gaps now in the market for things, and I think people are developing things to fill those gaps now. Um, and there's, there's, there's big stuff happening behind the scenes, um, in soft, software development companies almost buying each other up so that they can then develop a better product. Um, because I think a lot of a lot of things for the last sort of 10 years, some things have stayed quite stagnant in the education industry in terms of systems the, the yeah. education sector system you know compared to systems in the private sector where I've also worked you know it's unbelievable the difference and I think now is the time where we are going to see things change and shift in the opposite way so that education has the same access, you know, access to the same systems, the same quality of systems that the private sector has and I think that's been yeah. accelerated through other things such as academy chains being sort of promoting centralised working and then things like that as well um, and then developing their own systems and then other academies sort of copying that but also collaboration around, well, how are they doing something so successfully? What is it that I can learn from that other school? And then I think that's kind of where it starts. Um, people want to be better. People want to almost um, be the same as other, as other, what they see good schools are or good organisations. They want to be the same as that organisation. So what are they doing differently? And I think it's really great that we yeah. can actually share those experiences and share knowledge and skills and experience across everybody um, in the industry and um, in the sector is, is really good at collaboration, I feel. So I think that's going to be a positive, a positive few few years ahead, I think.
0: As you've said, you know, there's lots of opportunities to network and collaborate and share our experiences. After this episode today, if people want to get in touch with you and talk more about this, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the most uh, common method is, is on Twitter. So it's Maverick, um, SBL on there. I've also got a LinkedIn profile. So, yeah, I mean, quite happy to, to help people where I can. Yeah, I'm always, always kind of coming up with, with questions and answers amongst colleagues. So, um, yeah, if there's things that I can help you with, by all means, get in touch and see if I can help.
0: If I bumped into you at a conference and I had a notepad, would you judge me?
1: Yes, probably. But uh, <laughs> that probably says more about me than, than you.
0: Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of all these SBLs with these really nice notepads and pens that we that we love so much. No, um, they do yeah.
1: have a place. They do have a place, you know. And and it could just be um, comforting as well. People like to have that almost that presence of of material. My presence is technology and and having those those items. But you know, if I I think if I lose if I lose me my, my sort of laptop um, or a, or a mobile or an iPad, I hope that information would be stored somewhere. But I would say if you lose that yeah. notepad, which could be like. A really important notepad that you've had for years, where is that information held that's, that's always in the back of my mind that's, rightly or wrongly that's that's kind of how I, how I judge things on that basis. you know if I lose that then I'm screwed you know mm. potentially so whereas I know if I lose something here I've got to back up and, and I haven't got to worry too much
0: absolute common sense what you're saying like i say we just we just really like a fancy notepad with you know yeah. really nice <laughs> pictures on or you know cute animals or funny phrases or, or fluffy pens or whatever that's just what we do
1: yeah <laughs> and that's right and you know there's definitely a place for that but as long as it's not stored really important information that's okay if you just drawing a few things when you're at conferences because yeah you can't take my time over that doodles time, yeah that's all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me again, Johnny. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm sure that there will be people getting in touch with you about this. It's such a big topic, and like you say, it is the future. You know, yeah. moving to paperless systems is the future. It's part of a wider agenda, and you know, there's so many layers to it and so many branches of it. You know, so yeah, really important that we had this discussion. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks very much
1: for having me on your um, podcast again, and uh, yeah, good luck to everybody who's trying these these different techniques. And if I can help with anything. Please get in touch
0: whilst it may feel like a huge mountain to climb the benefits of going paperless that johnny spoke about in this episode are clear but even if you don't go the whole way and you do keep hold of your paper chase notepad for a little bit longer you can still improve the effectiveness and efficiency of your school by doing some of the things that we spoke about if you've got any questions or you need any advice i know johnny would be happy to help so please do get in touch with him You can find his details in the show notes on my website at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. If you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a review already. I read and hugely appreciate every single one. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple podcast app, Scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review this show is available in all of the podcast directories just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode thank you so much for listening and i'll see you soon